0: Hello listeners and welcome to another segment of On the Clock with Zach LeFevres. I'm your host Zach LeFevres and as promised from our last episode we will be talking uh, about abortion. This episode will be uh, dedicated to the topic of, debor- of abortion. We will be talking about um, both sides. I will try to remain as non bias in the first part of our segment, going over the facts, going over both sides, sort of giving both sides platform to stand on. Uh, and then I will be going into what I believe. Um, what I believe is personal. Uh, and then I'll go into why I believe that. Uh, and I'll go into a little bit more in depth of what I believe we should do as a country moving forward. Uh, now I must <clears throat> inform our viewers that We will be talking about some pretty delicate topics. We will be using some pretty uh, delicate words. So if there are any viewers out there that would not want to hear this delicate information uh, or topic of discussion, uh, viewer discretion is advised. So uh, let's just dive right in. Um, Abortion is a big topic. It's been a huge topic uh, in our nation's history over the last uh i want to say about 50 or so years uh we've obviously had abortion happen for god knows how long um obviously with medical advancements we've been able to have uh, abortions uh on a more rapid scale and done in a safe manner to where we don't see the side effects of uh death or complications with uh the abortions that we used to see before medical technology took off so uh between the years of 1937 and 2013 we've seen over 56 and a half million abortions uh 219 abortions for every 1000 births that's the rate that it's currently going at uh we have over a million per year uh over 28 almost 2900 we're just one shy of 2900 per day 120 per, per hour and one every 30 seconds. Now, I know there's a lot of people in the world. There's a lot of things that go on in the world. So to say one every 30 seconds, yeah, that does sound like a lot. Yeah, that sounds like an extreme. But when you look at, you know, how many car accidents we have across the country, how many deaths we have across the country, um, you know, those ratios, uh, how many sexual assaults, uh, those ratios are, are a, a little higher than that, uh, that one every 30 seconds, but they're around the ballpark. And so what we have to look at is the whole point of, 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 of discussing those statistics is abortions are very prevalent in our society. They happen every day, and not very many people are aware of how frequently they happen or how many have happened uh, really over the past four decades. So uh, really... The biggest uh, concern we have in today's society is where are they coming from? What what goes on in a uh, society that provokes them from uh, really turning to adoption uh, rather than abortion? Well, Planned Parenthood, um, we all know Planned Parenthood is a government-run organization. It's an organization that we currently <clears throat> fund through the federal government partially most of the funding comes from private fundraisers so that's something to to really take into a a factor is federal money usually comes with strings attached so federal money has to go to what the federal government dictates it goes to so women's health and screenings uh, Advancements in educational tools for uh, men and women in regards to sex education or STI or STD education um, or even STI tests and screenings themselves and Planned Parenthood provides that Planned Parenthood has been around for 102 years. Uh, it's going on uh, uh pretty strong with how long it's been going on. It has over 600 health centers around the country. Uh, birth control last year, uh, these are the statistics, it offered nearly 2.6 million people uh, some type of birth control or contraceptive. Um, that is men and women. Um, and it, it's very interesting to know that birth control believe it or not, is probably a better alternative for some of you more conservative individuals out there, uh, might be something to, to settle on a middle ground. Many people, especially the Catholic Church, have renounced birth control, saying that that is another tool used in the idea of abortions. That is not true. Birth control prevents uh, conception. It prevents that uh, from occurring to where abortion is not required. Abortion is not needed. Same with the plan B. Plan B stops the process of the egg being fertilized. Now, you can ask a doctor who's probably more qualified than I am, most definitely more qualified than I am in giving the answer, of course, but the simple fact is that birth control does everything that Republicans want. It prevents abortions stops abortions. Now, Republicans have said for years and conservative individuals have said for years, well, don't have sex. Well, we've said that for a long time and, and how well has that worked out? Uh, just recently, we've been able to control the rate of STD uh, spread of STDs. And so really what we need to figure out is what works best with how we give out educational information to people who need it. And (laughs) I'll be the first one to say there are a lot of stupid people out here in the world. There are a lot of people who just don't get it, who don't have the common sense to really understand and uh, digest information properly or normally like most of us. That's a fact of life. And if people are offended by that, well, you know, maybe... (laughs) Don't listen to my podcast anymore, but there are a lot of stupid people out there I think we can all admit there have been a lot of people we've interacted with that have done stupid things And so what we have to understand is there are stupid people that learn and digest information at a lower and different level than us So we must cater to those individuals. We have to run society at the slowest pace of the slowest person so when we look at things such as abortion and sexual education, we can't just say, well, don't have sex, because you should know better that having unprotected sex can cause pregnancy, having unprotected sex can cause uh, STDs. Obviously, that hasn't worked. So we need to have a more direct approach. We need to have educational tools. Planned Parenthood provides educational tools. They also provide stuff outside of sexual education and birth control and uh, STD and STI screenings and tests. They provide uh, cancer screenings. Cancer screenings are a big part. Uh, women's health is a big part of what Planned Parenthood does. It's a big part of what the federal government funds for Planned Parenthood. They fund the movement of women's health. Why? Because the CDC, the Department of Human Health and Services, has told many presidents before Donald Trump that it is only fitting that we give them the tools necessary, and that is funding, to drive their own initiative into the heart of our culture and our population when it comes to things like this. Not only for birth control, not only for sexual education, and not only for STI and STD screenings, but specifically for cancer screenings. Breast cancer and cancer in any form has gone up, uh, mainly because we've been able to catch it. Maybe <laughs> Mainly because medical advancements in funding within cancer screenings and cancer, t- cancer tests all across the spectrum of our health network has really gone up. And so, uh, very, uh, it's a very good credit to our medical professionals out there in the world that they have dedicated their time and their effort into making sure that patient care is a top priority and that they do extra screenings and they follow the new guidelines and not stick to the old ways of medical practice. And so when you look at Planned Parenthood and what they do, it's a far-reaching spectrum of different things in regards to women's health and, and general health. And so what we need to understand is that the abortions that happen, safe, legal abortions that happen through Planned Parenthood are privately funded. They're, it's a private initiative through the organization by donors who want to see safe and legal abortions occur. Is that right? No. But is it your money? No. And some people say, well, maybe we should cut off the funding for Planned Parenthood with the, with the government. Well, that's not going to stop them from having safe and legal abortions. Laws will stop people from having safe, legal abortions. And I say that with a bit of hesitation. Safe and legal abortions come hand in hand. You cannot have a safe, illegal abortion. Why? Well, because doctors and medical professionals will not be able to provide services that provide safe abortions. So you will be compromising women's health when you set up laws that prevent women from having abortions. That's the side of the Democrats. That's the side of most liberals that are pro-choice. They believe that providing medical services to women who can choose which path they want to go Is the right way to go because it does not compromise women's health whether that's right or wrong I'm all for the the liberty the the freedoms and the choice of the matter and i'm all for women's health But it is still the fact that they are killing a human being And I think what we need to do is launch more studies and more uh, scientific uh, observations into this uh Apparent biological question of our women's bodies Uh, It it is becoming more and more of a question of when is the baby uh, a baby when is the fetus a baby? (sighs) Most people say well the the signs of life show that it becomes a baby well Signs of life show it to be a life form But whether or not it's a baby or a human is still in question and if you really look into w- w- at what point and what trimester the fetus starts transforming into a baby, that's when you can really decide for yourself, well, okay, if it has major organs, if it has a nervous system, if it has a brain, if it has a heart, if it has uh, characteristics that show that it is a human, like hands and feet and, and a face and eyes, then, then maybe that's when we should call it a human, and and that usually happens at the fourth week mark. We start seeing growth of uh, different major uh, organs and major features that that and characteristics that show that it is a human. So maybe we should have the two week mark be a good mark to set for women to choose to have an abortion and two weeks is still a safe bet because you're in that window of possibility where the egg probably hasn't dropped uh, into its stages of (laughs) finalization of uh, conception and many people think that the definition of conception is 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 when uh, (laughs) the big moment happens uh, at the moment Uh, of conception birth and and life is created. So many people find that conception is uh, an instantaneous reaction with life. Now, I'm not a scientist, I'm not a doctor. I've looked at many studies that show both sides and I've seen most of the studies that end up showing the proper life and timeline of a baby while it is in the womb show that in the early stages Between Conception and a two-week mark the baby has shown no signs of Anything outside of basic functions of life bacterial functions of life so Yes, there is a life form in there But it still remains to be a fetus Nonetheless now that is scientific. You can't dispute me on that you can try but your your argument becomes flawed because you start saying, well, that's a human, that's a baby. It will become a human. It will become a baby. But until then, it is a life form until proven otherwise, just like you are innocent until proven otherwise. We're not going to immediately say you're guilty by association. You're guilty by what we think at the present time. Evidence has to be given. In the court of law to be shown whether or not you are guilty or innocent, just like evidence has to be shown in a baby's life to prove whether or not when and at what point in time it becomes a baby. So it's it's definitely a matter of at what point do we decide when it's life and when it's not life. And that's really the whole argument of abortion. Abortion is a huge gripping topic of emotion that has Stolen away political awareness uh, between people it's stolen away the idea that we can have a discussion and It be civilized because so many people include emotion into this discussion that it takes over now Currently there are four states that have legal on request abortion laws meaning it is legal on request of the, the woman They can have an abortion Those four states are Alaska, Hawaii, New York, and Washington state. Four out of 50. It's a pretty good ratio for those who do not like abortion, uh, who are against abortion. So pretty good ratio. You're winning on that, that battleground. There are still states that have laws preventing abortions. There are 13 states that have legal in case of rape, incest, or danger of the women's health, which I think is common sense laws. Those are what we would consider common sense legislation, meaning that me and you can decide in a common sense venture of discussion that if a woman is raped, if a woman is a victim of incest, or if a woman's life is threatened from this pregnancy, it would be in the best interest of society, in the best interest of that woman and her family, for us to terminate the pregnancy, because we cannot allow rape to ruin a woman's life if she does not want it to. Some women have been raped and have chosen to keep the baby. That's their choice. And again, nobody, no Republican has a problem with that. Some people have been, some women have been victim of incest and have decided to keep the baby and no Republicans have problem with that because it goes with what they say. But but then again, we, we talk about choice and Democrats don't come in and say, well, the the woman shouldn't keep it if she's raped. That's not right. Why don't we do that? Well, because it's choice. It's her choice to have the baby, just like it's her choice to not have the baby, and for all those pro-life individuals out there, I have one question to beg you. What happens when we have the opioid crisis mixed in with teen pregnancy and we get crack babies? And that's, that's not an official term, that is a slang term, but it is just as accurate as an official term would be, a baby that is born from a mother who suffers from the addictions of opioids and who has used opioids during the pregnancy and has caused the same effects on that baby? That baby's development is destroyed. That baby's life is limited. It is almost impossible for that child to grow up in a normal function or in a normal life. And we're not talking about genetic disorder. We're not talking about something that complicated the pregnancy. We're talking about a woman who lives a lifestyle that she has chosen to live. And so therefore, it should be her choice for the betterment of society and the community to end her pregnancy due to the fact that she cannot control her urges when it comes to drugs, narcotics, and other opioids. Now, the moment Republicans want to come to the table and come together with m- meaningful legislation when it comes to the war on drugs and come to the idea that us fighting weed is <laughs> sort of a waste of time for our officers and for our drug investigation units. The moment they want to come to the table and say, well, let's legalize marijuana so we can eliminate one more drug off the table that does not danger society, that does not cause violence in the community, that doesn't cause violence in human beings, that doesn't cause death at a rampant rate, let's, let's talk about common sense here. Let's come to the table about common sense. And when we're ready to do that, then we'll actually start to have meaningful reforms in these big areas. We'll start to have meaningful uh, changes in our society that are for the better, that are positive. I'll go into a, a few more statistics. 23 states, or excuse me, 28 states have mandatory counseling for women who choose to have an abortion. 28 states. I believe it should be all 50 All 50 should have counseling that is mandatory for a woman before they can get pregnant. Or excuse me, uh, before they can abort their pregnancy. Counseling before they get pregnant would be nice too, and that comes into play with sexual education and Planned Parenthood handing out condoms and contraceptives such as birth control for women being available free on the market just as feminine hygiene products shouldn't be taxed On the market it is uh, appalling to me the the barriers women have to go through uh, just to get something that would be such as such as marriage Uh, they have to go (laughs) to the courthouse they have to fill out a legal document if at any point in time the government thinks that they are getting married for anything related to immigration or anything related to, uh, anything insurance wise or that could be fraud. They immediately get investigated and their, their, uh, application gets put on hold. And it could be for the smallest thing. I know, I know a couple that went in, tried to get their, uh, license for marriage were immediately put on hold and investigated because the woman was Costa Rican. (laughs) And so they thought that she was, they were getting married for uh, tax purposes. They were getting married for legal purposes. They were getting married for other purposes other than getting happily married. And that right there is just an example of how Christian values and religious values have infected our government just as, And I'll go a step further, just as on the opposite end of the aisle, atheism and a non-moral sense has infected our government. We need to find a happy medium. And the only way to find that happy medium is to say that we will not allow our government to stand on the premise that there is no God and that there is no premise to these religions that are out there. And in the same turn, we will not let religion dictate and say, well, there is a God, and everybody will believe that, and everybody will adhere to these rules and regulations, therefore based off of these religions, it is unconstitutional, it's un-American to believe that Christianity was meant to be instituted within our government, that Christianity was meant to be spread from sea to sea, That is unconstitutional, that is un-American, and I will debate you any day of the week on that. The founding fathers were not Christian men. They were intellectuals. They were intelligent men. They knew the difference between religious freedom and religious doctrine. And see, indoctrination of a religion is anti-American. It's anti constitution. It's anti-everything with our way of life. And so when we put these institutions within our government that are based off of religious institutions, we take one step closer to un-American activity, to anti-constitutional activity. Now, by far, our founding fathers wanted to do One Nation Under God God as in deity, not God as in the Christian God or the Catholic God or the Islamic God, but the God that all of those religions share. And believe me, all religions share one, at least one deity. That's what makes them similar. Doctrines and philosophies change those religious similarities And make it to where they become their own religion. That's why we have separate religions. That's why we should have a separation between church and state. Because we cannot have an America that believes in life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness for everyone if we have Christianity or any religion indoctrinated into our government and making laws, legislation, rules, and requirements based on those religious laws and practices. It is the freedom from persecution. It is the freedom to practice religion free of religious persecution and government persecution. And it's very key to remember that because there's so many people that are at rallies. There's so many people that are that are in uh, <laughs> these demonstrations that have nothing but Let's throw this sign that God will hate you. You will go to hell. You will burn in hell if you have an abortion. What right do you have if you are, in fact, a Christian? Christians are supposed to be Christ-like. I know because I was once a very dedicated apostolic Pentecostal. One of the most Christian of the Christian, so to speak, when it came to doctrines, rules, lifestyle rules. So, Christians are supposed to be Christ-like. We're supposed to follow in the steps of Christ. Well, Christ didn't say that you, you, you were going to hell and you, you, you were going to heaven because of your actions. He believed in forgiveness for all. He believed that it was not his place or any other place to judge another person. He, without sin, cast the first stone. So what gives you the right to go around and tout your religion and say, well, God's going to make you burn in hell for what you did. Well, according to your own religion, God's going to make you burn in hell for what you just did. Because if I'm not mistaken, you just took the place of God, and that is heresy in its finest, blasphemy in its finest. You have just taken the seat of judgment And you have begun to judge others for their actions. When there is only one judge, according to Christianity, and that is God. And we will all, according to Christianity, be judged in the end by Him. And you will either hear two phrases, one or the other. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Or depart from me, you worker of iniquity, for I never knew you. And those phrases are key, and I remember them fondly in Bible study and and as I was growing up. I still believe and hold Christian values. That's why I'm holding the stance that I'm holding on abortion. Government is not of God, and God is not of government. Therefore, if I am truly a Christian, I believe that government will infect my religion just as much as my religion will infect my government. Therefore, they must be separate. When God said every nation will fall in Revelations, he did not say every nation except for the United States of America. That does not protect the United States of America. When he said every nation will betray my people, that is not separate, exempted with the United States. So eventually, according to prophecy laid down by the Bible and by Christians, The United States will fall and the United States will betray Israel. It has been spoken. (laughs) And if you believe what I believe, then you already know that abortion, gay marriage, marriage in general, marriage should not be a legal binding document. If Christians want to protect the sanctity of marriage, between a man and a woman, they must extract marriage from government. Government should not regulate marriage and should not provide tax incentives for married people and then exclusify, if that's even a word, marriage in its entirety, saying that a man and a man and a woman and a woman cannot get married. It's institutionally wrong. Life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, those are rights protected by every man given to them by their Savior, by their God. And so the pursuit of happiness, if I wanted to marry a man, or if I was a woman and wanted to marry a woman, because I wanted to be happy with that person, and the government was blocking my ability to do that, it is infringing on my pursuit of happiness, just as if I wanted to, as a woman choose to carry on with my life as normal because I made a mistake like everybody does every day or because I was put in a bad situation such as rape or incest or because my life is threatened. It is my choice and it should be the choice of every woman in the United States of what they can do with their body. And you as a Christian cannot dictate their lives God does not force those, his children, to serve him. It is a choice, is it not? It is a choice to serve God, to pray to God, to read the Bible and to be his diligent servant. Because trust me, if I know God like you know God, if God wanted everybody to serve him and wanted it to be forcefully, he would have done it already and everybody would be serving God. Now that's just what I believe. I believe. Now let's just go into the causes. What, what what would what would provoke a woman to want to have an abortion? What what choices lay before her in the idea that the only choice she has is to abort an innocent baby? And I'm talking about after the 2 weeks, of course, in its stages of life when it has presented characteristics of being a human what provokes a woman and listen up Republicans and Democrats because this is the way to solve the abortion crisis this is a way to say well you don't have to have an abortion because you have all of these opportunities in front of you first the number one reason survey done by women or excuse me a survey done by a university for women Harvard University conducted this survey for women Ask them, what is the number one reason you will have an abortion? They cannot afford either the dependent itself or they cannot afford to continue with schooling and to continue with education of her or the dependent. Now, people may say, well, we'll put him up for adoption. That's a little bit harder than you think. It really is. Emotionally, it's a little bit harder than you think. Emotionally, it still tears up the woman emotionally. Not only physically, but emotionally when they have an abortion. So, so don't think they get off scot-free because there are women who carry those burdens for the rest of their life. They have to live with it. And I feel sorry for them because I wish there were more opportunities for them to where they could have kept the baby. Such as more affordable education, higher education. Colleges are going outrageously high in its pricing. Why? Because they can. Because they know the government is, is giving nearly 65 plus billion dollars to students for scholarship and grant money. And they know that the government will continue to subsidize and that they can start raising prices and make students continue to pay out-of-pocket costs for their higher education, to continue these, these massive college athletic programs. Continue to pay athletes for college athletics that provide hardly any return, except for the big D one schools. Now, yes, granted, college athletics is is it's uh, channeled by the need for college athletes. I mean, there always is uh, a supply and demand factor when you look at that. So I can I can I, I can admit. The reason NFL players get paid so much is because there's a market for it. I can admit that. The reason college athletics is so prevalent that the NCAA is such a massive, large organization that gets billions of dollars a year is because there's a market for it. People watch it. Production, TV production. Watch they, they film it and fans watch it. They buy apparel. But what I'm saying is that these colleges are guilty of screwing over the American people. Screwing over our entrepreneurs, the ones that need to go to college. And I know people will say, well, you can pay for college. The average person cannot. Yes, are there special circumstances where somebody's worked four jobs and been able to pay for college and get out with no debt? Of course, there's always... Awesome stories like that, that prove the American dream still exists, but it's so small that it cannot affect the average person. And so yet again, we come to the conclusion that we must go at the rate of our slowest person in society. We cannot go faster than our slowest person, unless you believe we should kill them off too. Then of course, yes, we could. But we will not go as f- faster than our slowest person. We can't. Otherwise, averages go down We start seeing numbers of poverty rates going up because the gap increases. The poor get poorer, the rich get richer. The middle struggle to stay alive. Struggle to fill and to either raise up the poor into their class or bring down the rich or bring down the rich into their class. And so... What we have is a predicament. We have something that we have to fix. Higher education is a big factor because if we don't fix higher education, well, we're still going to have the number one cause of abortions being that they cannot afford college for themselves or education for their dependent, and they can't afford their dependent. So I say again, we are the only developed country, and I've said this time and time again, we are the only developed country in the world that does not offer at least a sliver of paid maternity leave for women only developed country in the world Norway offers 91 weeks Germany Japan Sweden Switzerland the UK France Spain Mexico for all those Republicans out there that believe Mexico is sending criminals our way why would they want to leave that country just to come here to have a child in which they cannot get paid maternity leave Mexico provides paid maternity leave forces their employers to provide it and we don't Yet we're the richest and most consuming nation in the world and we can't offer at least a sliver Of paid maternity leave that's a shame And that's something that also causes abortions whether you like to believe it or not The worry about family and friends and what they think and it's part of what we have in a culture and in a society that does not believe sex before marriage. And that's, again, part of Christians trying to throw their beliefs into government society and into our government culture. And it's not something we should allow to happen because we need to set a culture of it is okay to make mistakes. As long as we don't compound those mistakes with continued mistakes, it's okay. And we should have an open discussion, an open dialogue with that. Another reason is they can't afford healthcare costs. I went over this before. They couldn't afford the healthcare costs for their dependent. Now, people may say, "Well, where are these statistics coming from? What's the what's the actual price?" Well, the average cost without complications is about $10,800 for a pregnancy, for a, a delivery of a baby. It can increase to 30,000 with before and after care. So, you're talking about a party who wants to disable and decentralize Obamacare, which covers a lot of people. And when I say a lot of people, it took nearly 43 million uninsured Americans and got them on some type of insurance. So, you're talking about an uninsured person having to pay $30,000 out of pocket, which the average American doesn't even have, seeing as how our median income is roughly about 43,000 a year. And that's taking into account the loads of billionaires we have, the loads of high earning CEOs we have in this country, and we still land at 43,000. So yes, there's a lot of out-of-pocket healthcare costs. Expanding off that, from birth to 17 years of age, so right before they hit adulthood, It, on average, costs $233,610 or roughly $14,000 annually to afford a child and to raise a child. Nearly a quarter of a million dollars to raise one dependent. Now, a lot of mothers out there are single mothers. And it's a shame that we have to see these rising abortion rates. But again... Fix these issues and you'll see a lot less abortions happening. Give us maternity leave. Give us affordable health care. Give us lower tuition costs. Force colleges to live within their means and do not allow them to overcharge students across the country and gouge the American people to get a higher education. Because now, more than ever, jobs require a higher education degree. And so we need it more than ever. We need colleges to come down on their rates. We need the government. Not only, I'm not talking about subsidizing, because the more we subsidize, if we don't control college rates, colleges will continue to raise their rates as we continue to raise our subsidies. So it's not about offering more grant money, more scholarship opportunities. It's about putting the private sector in check which has always really been about how our economy rolls, how our economy runs. That's why we saw the crash of 2008 and 2009, is because we didn't keep the housing market or the car market in check. We did not make sure banks could give out loans to creditworthy people. They gave out loans to everybody. That's why we saw massive foreclosure rates. That's why we saw the housing bubble burst, because we did not check on the private sector. We didn't regulate the private sector. It was impossible to control without regulations, without laws. That's why we see a regulated economy, because a regulated economy works much better on a corporate level than an unregulated economy, because Both of the worst financial disasters our country's ever seen has come off of 10 years of unregulated corporate banks and corporations and industries. If you don't believe me, look it up. The Roaring Twenties wasn't just a coincidence. Okay? So look it up. Moving on. Healthcare costs per, ne- per year now for each person is $10,739 compared to $146 per person in the 1960s. Well, you say, okay, well, and $146 in the 1960s was about $10,000. No, it wasn't. In the 1960s, $146 is compared to $1,239.19 in today's money. So you're talking about healthcare costs being 10 times higher now than they were in the 1960s, not to mention prescription costs. Prescription costs are one of the most prevalent uh, topics of debate here recently and how we should worry about prescription costs and how we should control the rates of prescriptions. Donald Trump even mentioned it in his State of the Union address, how we need to control pharmaceutical companies. We need to prevent pharmaceutical companies from affecting the market by gouging the american people and screwing us over. Always revo- it always reverts back to the american people getting screwed over and not getting their fair amount when it comes to the market. And you may say, "Well, life's not fair." Well, guess what? If I can prevent a corporate from a corporation from gouging a price, how would you like it if we started taxing groceries? Oh, you'd see an outrage so many people that's not fair republicans would come up and say that's not fair to tax milk to tax eggs to affect farmers and agriculture that's not fair well guess what let's go back to what you said over this issue life's not fair oh let's start taking away our guns that's not constitutional well you know what else isn't constitutional church and state being integrated with one another, unconstitutional. It's actually in the constitution and it states that we should have a separation between church and state. So you want to know something? For everything you have to say about my issue, I have something to come back and bring up an issue of yours and you'll be saying the same thing. So it's again, just political. It's media. (laughs) Media coverage is one of the biggest information drives in today's industry and in today's world. And without media we would be stuck to our newspapers and and they did the same things in their era before television newspapers dictated uh, media information releases it was they were able to control FDR's exposure to the cameras They were able to prevent him from being found out by the American people that he was stricken to a wheelchair Because they were afraid it would affect the morale of the American people during World War II and during the Great Depression If you don't believe me look that one up too. They respected FDR back then they respected the right of information So when we look at what television and what many major news networks are doing We can't help but wonder how much of that information is biased to political beliefs. But moving on from media and moving on from the bias that we see on both sides, there is liberal bias just as much as there is conservative bias. I mentioned to you about the affordability of higher education. And you may say, well, there's not very many students in the higher education field to warrant such a regulatory uh, step forward on higher education? Well, let me show you the statistics. A total student population of 4.8 million undergraduates, over 2 million college-aged women, 18 to 24, get pregnant each year. And out of that 4.8 million Student population of undergraduates who are parents, 3.4 million of them are women, that's 71%, and 1.4 million of them are men, that's 29%. Unintended pregnancies are the highest among poor and low-income women, cohabiting women, and minority women. Now, obviously, it's going to be women, 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 but poor and low-income pregnancies, and I just talked to you about the price. Now, everybody's screaming about food stamps. Oh, how many food stamps do we need to give out to people who are lazy? What about parents? What about mothers? There are a lot of accomplishing mothers out there. I am the product of a single mother. I was raised by a single mother. She worked her butt off, working every job that she could before she got established into a career. Worked 12 years at a cardiology office through St. Vincent which is one of the major health networks here in Indiana. And then she worked eight years at Community, at the Hancock Surgery Center. And then now, currently works as a supervisor at a cardiology office on the fifth floor of Community East Hospital in Indianapolis. She started working At a hotel, before that, she started working at White Castle. In between, she would clean houses. She was a janitor. She did everything she could to provide for me and my sister. She did a great job. She was a single mother of two and provided. We never went hungry. Yeah, I got shoes probably every two years. Christmases were just new clothes. But you know what, it taught me the idea that no matter what, a mother can provide and when (laughs) are we ever going to get back to those days and where a mother can provide? When are we ever going to get back to those moments where we can see rent costs go down because pregnant women, especially low-income pregnant women, are not homeowners. Very little of them are homeowners. So when are we going to try to control the rate of rent increases? When are we going to prevent property from being used as a tool to yet again gouge the American people? Screw over the American people. Capitalism is a fickle bitch. Capitalism, pure capitalism, screws over the smallest man and works its way all the way up to the second one in charge. The only person that doesn't get screwed over is the guy on top. I promise you that. Somebody, it's just, it's, I've come up with a coin phrase. It's trickle down shit. In pure capitalism, it is trickle down shit. The lower you are, the more shit comes on to you. The higher you are, well, there's still shit falling on you, but it's not as much as the bottom guy And that's pure capitalism. But what do we do? We put barriers in place. Part of the reason we have wage gaps is because we put barriers. We don't allow people to get up that high into the corporate field. If that were true and if that were the case, the guys who win the lottery would become corporate Mongols. Why? Well, because they would have opportunity to do that. Well, they don't have opportunity to do that. There's a control on the market. So that regulation, that little bit of control puts the barriers closes the door, so to speak, between classes. That's why we have what's considered class warfare. There's different classes. It's very hard to get from the lower to the middle. It's possible, just as it's extremely difficult to get from the middle to the higher, but it's still possible. But those controls and those regulations cover up and prevent shit from continuing to fall. However, it still finds a way around. It just doesn't directly fall on you. It just falls into your life. And so we see in today's society, pure capitalism yet again is taking over. Why? Well, because we have a financial mongol in charge of our nation. I like Trump. Trump has so far done nothing that I consider something that's impeachable. Russian collusion with our elections. Well, guess what? If you're that concerned about it, let's see if he gets reelected. If he gets reelected, I really want Democrats to shut up about it. Abortion is caused, and this stems over many different topics, and we'll we'll sort of talk about them later. And I'll I'll go over you know wage gap and income inequality and stuff like that. But overall, abortion is caused by many other factors, not just the woman's choice. So when you look at a woman who's choosing probably the most important decision of her life, whether that means aborting or continuing with the pregnancy, don't blame her when she chooses financial freedom, financial independence, and a sense of control over her life and prevent her from dropping lower in the financial chain by having to drop out of college because, mind you, 7% of female dropouts happen every year Because of pregnancies that were unintended. That accounts for one in ten of dropouts in total. So when you look at a woman making the most important decision of her life, try not to scrutinize her. Try to have a sense of empathy. Don't, don't pity. Do not. Because I promise you, nobody going through that wants to have pity brought upon them. But be empathetic to the situation that they're going through. Don't blame them. Blame society. Because society, yet again, has proven time and time again, and you can say, oh, I'm, a, I, I'm, I'm blaming society, just like every other liberal, whiny-ass baby. Well, guess what? I plan on voting for Trump. I consider myself a conservative individual. I love the Democratic Party because they have some things right. It's not perfect, but neither is the GOP. Choose empathy, and don't let your emotional sense of what's right and wrong, don't let your religious beliefs cloud your judgment or use your words to spread even more hate and division between our communities. Because the only way we're going to solve this is if we can remove the the affordability problem in college for students and for the dependents. Get rid of the worry of judgment from their friends and family on whether or not they should keep the child. Hone in on the healthcare costs when it comes to dependents that are going to have to be given some form of intensive healthcare because babies are very precious. Or the paid maternity leave. Because I promise you, if every woman here in America were given the same rate as men in pay and we're not forced to look at their check in the same position with the same experience and the same education of a man and see 78 to 82 cents to the dollar compared to men or see the fact that they have problems, increased problems and more problems than men. It does happen with men, but there are more with women in workplace sexual harassment. See, it's all about a culture. We need to set a different culture. And it starts with the steps I provided with you. Being empathetic of other people's problems. To a degree. There are lazy people out there. There are stupid people out there. There are people that I look at that are in the same situation my mother was years ago. And they're not capitalizing on the opportunities that they're giving. See, that's what capitalism really is capitalism provides opportunity i'm not saying we should switch to a socialist society but pure capitalism sure doesn't work and if you want if you want evidence of that look when we didn't have labor unions when we didn't have departments on the federal level watching corporations and preventing them from doing things and taking shortcuts when OSHA was established, when we had job safety regulations, when people weren't getting caught in meat grinders and then putting into the meat that was produced and packaged and sold in stores, because that did happen. Look at, look at what happened before we started breaking up the big banks back in the early 1900s. Because I promise you, if you knew a little bit of history, if you knew what's happened before, I promise you, you could learn from it, and we won't have to repeat history yet again. Well, that's all the time we have for today. I'm, I'm coming up on <laughs> nearly an hour, so I'm going to have to stop. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening to my endless rants, what seem to be endless. Uh, Stay tuned. Uh, I'll release more information later in our next sports segment when we will have another topic of debate with our political uh, segment. And so, again, this is Zach LeFavors. You're listening to On the Clock, starring me, of course. See you next time.